in terms of, you know, showing compassion and showing, you know, empathy for them. something as simple as holding a door for somebody, you know, yeah. or if you're at the grocery and somebody's, you know, loading their groceries in the, in the car, and then you offer to take their cart and, you know, bring it in for them or, you know, something as simple as that, you know, such a great way to model compassion, you know, in front of your kids, allowing your kids to see that and really, you know, really point those things out. Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Kay. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. We are both moms, educators, kidding around yoga teachers, and trainers, and now podcasters. In this podcast, we will talk about using research-based tools and strategies to help increase mindfulness, self-awareness, connection, self-regulation, and peace in your home or classroom. Join us weekly for some fun and insightful conversations where we will take a deep dive into all things kids yoga and mindfulness. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Conversations with Kay. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Christy. How's it going today? Uh, just fine. Um, I'm wearing a little bit thicker uh, layer today. <laughs> I feel like we're finally maybe, maybe transitioning into fall. I, I tell you, it's been oddly warm around here. Well, we had our first, I don't know if it was our first, but we had frost this morning. I, I went out to the car. Yes. And I was like, Oh boy, I didn't realize I needed to give myself extra time to defrost the window. That was the first, that was the first morning we needed to warm up the car before go heading off to school drop off. So <laughs> it's, I, you know, I I'm ready for that. I am ready for frost. I am ready for some cooler temperatures. I mean, as much as I love this really incredibly beautiful fall that we're having here, um, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to, ready to transition. So yeah, we're going to be moving into our wet season, which, you know, means, uh, you know, weeks upon weeks of, of rain, but you know, I'm okay with it. Flannels and, and uh, pumpkin spice and all the things. <laughs> Staying cozy inside the house. That's right. That's right. Uh, so today we are, I want to say we're kind of making a bit of a transition here in our <clears throat> conversation about social emotional learning, the castle standards, you know, we've, we've talked about um, self-awareness, we've talked about self-management, and we've talked about, and it's interesting because our topic today is going to be social awareness. And if you think about like self-awareness, self-management, those things are really kind of about looking inward. Whereas mm -hmm. social awareness is more of you know, looking outward at the world around us and looking outward at, at, at others. So I feel like it's, it's a, it's just a little bit of a switch here for us. Yeah. And when I think about it, I sort of feel like they're kind of like building blocks because when we really think about social awareness, in my mind, we can't have social awareness without having self-awareness. I feel like self-awareness and self-management are kind of like the foundation leading us then up to the social awareness. And I, I always think about that when schools are promoting um, SEL goals for their school, right? About being kind and being good leaders and, 
um, you know, all of those things that we are encouraging our children and students to be really first, we have to go back to those building blocks of self-awareness and self-management because we can't really get to looking outside ourselves until we look at ourselves. Right. So that's right. kind of like why we did that, these episodes in that order, right? Um, because it's really, they're, they're really connected. Yeah. Self-awareness and the social awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so social awareness is really all about our ability to understand others and how they feel. And it's the ability to take uh, the perspective of others, uh, kind of think through how other people might feel in a certain situation. Um, it's to, uh, it's appreciating diversity, uh, you know, being able to recognize others' emotions, kind of reading their body language, um, and just how understanding how other people sort of fit in, right, to the big picture. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's all of those things, and uh, about having compassion and empathy, yeah. and and all of that, you know, amongst recognizing differences between yourself and and those around you. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny because as we were, as a sort of preparing for this, it, it brought me back to, uh, to an experience that I had just, just this past summer with my youngest son. And my youngest son had asked if he could go hang out in, in, in Uptown, which is an area in my, in my community where, you know, we've got, we, there, there's the ice cream place and the grocery and the, you know, the little shops and some restaurants and stuff. It's an area where kids kind of like to just go hang out, you know? And so he had asked if he could go hang out there with some friends. And I, and I, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And I asked who was going to be there. And he rattled off some names, names of people who I recognized. And, and so I dialogued with the other moms and, you know, it's fine. So I was actually going to be doing some work at the yoga studio where I teach, which is in this same uh, complex. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take you up there. I'm going to, you know, let you go meet up with your friends. I'm going to be at the studio. So let's say, you know, maybe in a couple of hours, you know, you can come get me at the studio and, and I'll drive you home. So, so I was in the studio working and uh, we'd been there. I don't know. We've been there maybe 30 minutes or so. And my son comes walking through the door of the studio and he kind of had his head down and he, and he walks over and he goes, mom, can we go home? And I, and I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, I think my kid is crying. Now this is my, you know, almost 13 year old son. And I was like, buddy, what, what happened? What's going on? And he said, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And he, and he wouldn't talk. And I, and he says, I need to go to the bathroom. So he went in the bathroom, closed the door and then he comes out, you know, a few minutes later and I, and I walk back and he's just sitting down in a corner. He's got his head down and he's crying. And it just, of course, you know, my mother heart is just breaking, seeing my son, you know, upset. And I said, what is going on? And he said, well, he said, I, I met up with my friends and then there was some other kids that came along. So I kind of ran off with them, but then they were one of the kids there was, he was, he just kept saying that I should just get lost and that I'm weird. And he goes, and so I left that group and I went back to meet up with my other friends. And he said, and I was, I was kind of telling them about it. And so they started making fun of me and they were saying, well, you are weird. You're a weirdo. And this and that. And I just, of course, 
mama bear. <laughs> I wanted to like go, let me at those kids. I'm going to teach them. All. You know, I just, I just felt so horrible for my son. And I said, you know what? Um, I said, I hate to say this, but this, you know, it's probably not going to be the first time you're going to experience something like this. You know, this is, and, and when you're in a group like that, when one person starts in and if the rest of the group thinks that person's cool, they're probably going to just chime in and agree with that person, even though they know it's wrong, or even though they know it's, it's, you know, going to hurt somebody, they, you know, they're, they're kind of agreeing with them. So anyway, I, you know, we, we talked through it and everything. And then on the way home, we talked a little bit more about it and I was driving it home and, and he says, I just, he said, I don't understand because they're normally so nice. And he said, I don't, I thought they were my friends. And boy, I tell you, if that doesn't break your heart, hearing your kids say that, but so, so it, it really led to some great dialogue though, about, I I said, I want you to remember how you feel right now. And I said, and I want you to really recognize that and know that if you're ever in a situation where there's a group and they're picking on somebody, you, you you know how that feels. So now, so now, now it's up to you to step up and be the one that steps in and say, you know, knock it off. You're not being kind. You're not being nice. You know, all these things. So it did lead to some good dialogue. I mean, it was heartbreaking. It was devastating for him, but, um, but you know, that, then that ability. So for him to feel that recognize how he feels and then be able to project that and, and know that, you know, he can, he can see that in others if, 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 if something like that happens to somebody else. So yeah. tough experience, tough experience. And props to you for being able to keep yourself calm. And cause I know it's tough, you know, my kids have gone through similar things like that. And, you know, you just, you know, there have been times where I've just had to fight back tears because you just, mm-hmm. like you say, your heart is breaking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to keep yourself calm and have that conversation with him and, you know, then bring it to the other side. I mean, it's just that that's the conversations that need to be had all the time. And and it's hard um, sometimes, but, you know, props to you for for doing that. And not that we want kids to go through this. We don't, we don't want kids to have to go through this to, to be able to understand, you know, empathize and things like that. But that's just one example of, you know, an emotion that can come up. I mean, it would be the same thing if, if, you know, he was, he were to get angry about something and then, you know, using that as an opportunity to have a discussion and say, okay, I I see that you're angry. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about why? Can you, can you kind of in your mind pinpoint what it is that's, that's making you so mad and okay, what, you know, what are you going to do about it? What are some decisions, you know, this sort of thing so that then he can look outward. He can look to others and he can, he can see if somebody looks like they're starting to get angry, you know, he, he can, he can understand that. So, um, again, we'll circle back around. You got to understand yourself first. Yeah. You got to understand. Yeah. Your and I think as parents and teachers, it's a great opportunity for us when we see a child experiencing an emotion to help them identify it first of all right that was we talked about that in our self-awareness episode but also then to model for them how we might see it from our perspective Mm. like oh like just for example like you know my my youngest daughter uh she gets anxious in the mornings and and her anxiety comes out in anger Mm. she gets angry 
uh, when she's anxious and um, usually point it at me, <laughs> unfortunately, because I'm, I'm, the, I'm here taking care of her in the morning and I'm her safe person. So um, she, she gets very frustrated very easily and gets angry when she's feeling anxious. And so, you know, oftentimes I will, I will identify that for her and say like, Ooh, I know when I feel anxious, like I don't have any patience either. Like I, I get, I want everything to happen really quickly when I'm feeling anxious and I want everything to be ready to go. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of dialogue for her, how I feel when I'm experiencing that emotion and what I might look like or what I might do. So we're modeling that, that, you know, being able to see it from somebody else's perspective. And so I could, I could understand why you yelled at me, you know, and some, cause sometimes she'll come home from school and she'll say, Oh mom, I'm sorry that I yelled at you this morning. You know, you know how I get when I, when I feel nervous, you know, and we'll have that conversation, you know, and then we try to talk about better ways of, of dealing with that emotion and all of that for herself. But it's important for us to model that perspective taking, you know, and even if, it, even if it's not with our own child, sometimes you might be observing an outside situation at, I don't know, at a, at a sports game or something. And you might see, you know, actually just last night we had at a, we were at a soccer game and right before the game, the game before us, two of the coaches were, were kind of arguing before the game. And, mm-hmm. and, and so we were all kind of like, oh you know, and I, I just said like, oh, that mu-, you know, they must have big emotions right now. And maybe, you know, they're upset because somebody got hurt on their team or whatever happened. They feel that maybe the ref made a bad call. And so they're, they're upset about something and kind of like model, like what that person might be thinking and what they might be going through. That's causing the, those actions to come out. Like, cause my daughter was like, well, why are they yelling at each other? You know, like, well, let's yeah. think about it. Why do you think they might be yelling and kind of just being able to like really truly have them take that perspective from like, well, why, why might you yell at the end of a game, you know, and kind of get in the other person's uh, head a little bit. Right. And, and, and I think too, modeling things that yeah, they can be very, very simple things too, in terms of, you know, showing compassion and showing, you know, empathy for them. something as simple as holding a door for somebody, you know, yeah. or if you're at the grocery and somebody's, you know, loading their groceries in the, in the car, and then you offer to take their cart and, you know, bring it in for them or, you know, something as simple as that, you know, such a great way to model compassion, you know, in front of your kids, allowing your kids to see that and really, you know, really point those things out. Yeah. That's another thing that happened. We went, we stopped at the grocery store on the way home from the game and the person before us left an item uh, that she paid for. Oh. And so quick, my husband said, the, the woman who was checking us out, oh, the other lady left her, whatever it was. And, um, and so my husband said, oh, let me, let me take it. What did, what was she wearing? You know, and he ran out to the, <laughs> to the parking lot to see if he could try to catch her. Uh, he didn't catch her, unfortunately, but <laughs> he made the effort to, to try to catch her. Effort. Yeah. You know, brought it back in. Hopefully she came back and got it, but um you know, so that, that just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, we just, it's so interesting because I think about um, our yoga classes and the things that we do within our yoga classes. And, and, and again, we, you know, we've said this before in, in some of these, the, the previous episodes, but yoga is like the perfect 
way to introduce some of these or, or practice some of these concepts, because as we've said a number of times, yoga goes beyond downward facing dog. It's not just tree pose. It's not just twisting yourself up into a pretzel. It's, it's, a, it's a lot more than that. I mean, it is those things and it's a whole lot more. So let's talk about how, you know, yoga can really be a great way to assist with practicing social awareness. Yeah, because, you know, yoga helps us, as we talked about, to be mindful and it helps our nervous system to remain regulated. And really without those two pieces, you really can't achieve what we're talking about here about perspective taking. And like, if you're not being mindful and in the moment, you won't be able to read the other person, person's facial expressions or body language because you won't be present with it. You know, if your mind is somewhere else or you're yes. rushing or, you know, yeah. you're, you're elsewhere, you're not going to notice those, those little nuanced changes in somebody's body language that might give you a hint as to how they're feeling or, or what's going on with them. So you really have to be tuned in to that present moment and to have your body, your nervous system regulated, because as we've said before in other episodes, without that regulated nervous system, we can't be using that thinking part of our brain that's going to help us to be able to take the other person's perspective. That's like why when we flip our lid, there's no like common sense really happening in the (laughs) interactions, right? So, So, you know, thinking about our yoga classes and how we encourage mindfulness and regulation, you know, I mean, of course, meditation is the first thing that, that comes to my mind and one that I really like, and I think really helps us to look outward is what, when we practice what we call take five. So Hmm. that's when you will ask the students to find five things that they can see and then find four things that they can hear. And so we work our way down through the senses and three things that you can feel and two things that you can smell, and then one thing that you can taste. So it's really a great way for them to like tune into their environment as they're looking around and, and listening, you know, and, and being, being present. Yeah. <clears throat> There's another one um, that I think about <clears throat> that's called, uh, it's Tratak meditation. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I think it's Trata, mm-hmm. but you, you, you find a fixed point to, to focus on um, oftentimes I'll use this little battery operated, um, tea light candles and, you know, you set them at the, at the top of the kid's mat, or if you're in a classroom, you can set them on the kid's desk and have them take, maybe it's 30 seconds just to sit completely in silence and just look at the flame. And then, you know, when the 30 seconds is up, they can even close their eyes and you can still see that, right? It's that, it's that, that thing where when you close your eyes, you still see the flame. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. So that's a fun, that's a fun practice that really, um, you know, asks the, the, the kids to slow down, be present, be in the moment and just focus on that one thing. Yeah. And sometimes I'll take it to the next level with the older kids and I'll ask them to get into a partner and ask them to make eye contact oh. with each other. And that's tough. Yeah. It's tough to do, but you know, for, even if it's for 15 seconds to, to practice that really making eye contact with somebody and connecting, um, that's another really great, great way to use that, that focal point. Right. And that, that actually segues nicely into, into a game that, um, is really all about, um, kind of interacting with others and seeing others 
you know, point of view. And that's this mirror me game. So in that game, you're facing a person and, and, and one person, like you move your hand and they have to kind of copy you or you're following exactly their movements and this sort of thing. So it really um, asks you to be present with that person and see, you know, and, and slowly kind of move through these motions. Yeah, I love that game. And another game that I thought of too, that you really have to be in the present moment is that zip, zap, zop. Oh yeah. And, you know, you'll have the kids stand in a circle and they, they are going to pass this, what we say, zip, zap, zop, and it has to stay in that order. And you're passing it really um, by pointing to a person. And so you've got to, the per everybody's kind of be paying attention to whose turn it is to see if they're pointing at you for, for you to go next and be listening to the word that they said before. So you know if you're supposed to say zip, zap, or zop. So that's a really fun, mindful game where they have to use listening and eye contact uh, to, to be in that, that present moment. I am loving this conversation right now, but let's take a brief break for a word from our sponsor. Would you like to bring a yoga and mindfulness curriculum to your school? At Kidding Around Yoga, we have several professional development workshops ranging from 90 minutes to six hours, and we can customize a program to meet your needs. In our professional development workshops, we teach educators how to implement yoga, meditation, and mindfulness into the academic setting in a fun and engaging way. If you would like to create a classroom where everyone, including you as the teacher, feels regulated, connected, and peaceful, give us a call at 800-563-8050. That's 800-563-8050 or email us at kiddingaroundyoga4schools at gmail.com. That's kiddingaroundyoga, the number four, schools at gmail.com. So how about um, if we kind of look at um, this idea of, of social awareness, you know, we talked about kind of taking other people's perspectives, you know, in, in a game, like a mirror me sort of game. But how about two, you know, just being able to recognize strengths in other people? right? Yeah. So with yoga poses, right? Definitely. Yeah. You know, you can um, definitely, we talked about before that, you know, yoga poses look different in everybody. Some people are better at balancing poses and some people mm -hmm. are, are better at, you know, inversions. And so the kids can all can kind of see that like everybody has different strengths. Some people are more flexible and can go all the way down and touch their toes, but other people are, you know, really um, have are really strong and can hold their crow pose for a certain amount of time. So it's a really nice way to show kids that we all have different strengths, uh, you know, through through the yoga poses, they can, they, it demonstrates it really well. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. And then, so if we think about two um, kind of understanding and expressing gratitude, you know, is all kind of part of this whole social awareness. We do a lot of gratitude practice within, um, within our classes, within my yoga classes, you know, there's, there's things like, I think we've talked about this uh, already, but this orange, you grateful game where you have the orange in between your feet and you say orange, you're grateful for friends. And then you pass it to the next person and they say orange, you're grateful for something that they're grateful for. Right. So that's one of the, one of the ways that we practice gratitude. 
Yeah. And then you can do different things like this time of year, it's fall. I've done things like uh, create a gratitude pumpkin and I'll bring a pumpkin into class. And then we all write on the pumpkin, something that we're grateful for. If you're um, a classroom teacher and you have a space, you know, you can add that pumpkin to your space somewhere, or you can create a gratitude tree where kids are adding leaves about things that they're grateful for. I've done gratitude turkeys where on each feather, they wrote something that they're grateful for. So any, any way that you can bring in, you know, finding things that you're grateful for. And then having a physical reminder is really nice for kids because we know when we're struggling and we might be feeling down, it's nice to have that physical reminder of that, that big, beautiful gratitude tree where we can look and say, oh yeah, even though I'm having a bad day today, I remember I'm grateful for, and look at the things that they've added to the tree. It's a, it's a nice physical reminder. Absolutely. And then if we, you know, look at um, kind of identifying diversity and, and appreciating uh, diversity in, in others, um, there's some really fun games that you can do um, that, that really help with this. One that I can think of is called uh, Love It, Like It, or Leave It. And in this game, we uh, the, the leader put throws something out there let's let's say like um let's just say for instance pizza right and if you love that then you do star pose if you like it you do chair pose and if you'd rather leave it you don't like it very much you do ragdoll pose and so then you go through a whole bunch of different things whether it's pizza or playing soccer or going to the beach or you know uh you know math or something like that and so so by doing that you know, the kids can then look around and see that, you know, everybody, everybody has different likes and dislikes and, and that's okay. So we're all sort of, you know, it's just interesting to see what other people, you know, how other people feel about broccoli. (laughs) Some kids are going to love it. Other kids are going to be like, you know, so, but we're all human. We're all, you know, part of this same world, but we can all um, exist with, with these differences and, and with this diversity. Yeah, I love playing this game and and another one called Would You Rather, which is similar. You say like, would you rather go camping or, um, you know, uh, stay in a hotel? And then, you know, if you're going to go camping, you might go into boat pose. If you're going to stay in a hotel, you're going to go into downward dog. And the both of these games, I find so interesting to watch the kids as you're playing them, because you'll have those kids that are really confident in their answers. They know what they like and they're just they're just putting it out there. And then you have the other kids who kind of want to look around to see what everybody else is answering. And mm-hmm. you can see that they're unsure about showing everybody that they really love broccoli. If everybody else is saying they don't love broccoli, you know, and I, <laughs> I'm always reminding them like, Hey, it's okay. Like if you're, you know, you like something, somebody else doesn't, that's all right. Like we're, we're all different and we all have, you know, different taste buds and different likes and dislikes. And so it's, it's fun to, to watch them. And and usually as the game gets going and they start realizing it's okay to have different answers, you'll see even those kids who are hesitant in the beginning to show what they really like or don't like, they start to come in into their own and start to, to show their true feelings about the items. Yeah. 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 You know, and then we can look at things like, um, like recognizing situational uh, demands Um, I think if you look at something like, um, like partner, partner poses, which we've discussed a little bit before, um, when you're, when you're working together with somebody, 
you 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 kind of have to communicate whether it's just visually looking at the other person watching the other person and watching the way they're responding or talking to them like should i you know if we're doing a partner boat pose and we're putting our feet together like do i need to push a little harder do i need to lift my legs up a little higher you know how how are you feeling in this pose you know is this okay you know and and that's and i always do that too when i'm working with kids with partner poses i say you know this is it's going to be really important for you to communicate with the other person like understand that that you know what works for your body might not work for them so you want to you know kind of work together to come up with you know sort of a common you know a common pose that, that that's going to work so i think that's a great opportunity to um you know kind of work together and recognize what other people's needs are yeah and it and it brings up the idea of looking to like you were saying before about holding the door open for somebody like when somebody needs a little assistance you know then we're looking for that opportunity, right? Uh, I don't know. We always, I, I've heard that quote, like, um, what is it? I'm going to probably mess it up, but it's something about like, um, if you're looking for heroes, you'll see them everywhere, you know, mm. like you'll see the helpers. Um, and we have to look for opportunities to be a helper as well. And so this just, this happened um, at my class yesterday I was allowing my students to, at the end of class, ring the tincture bells, take a turn, and we were passing the tincture bells, and this is with a class of three-year-olds, so tincture <laughs> bells are a little bit tricky, because you have to hold the string and, and then get the, the symbols to, to tap each other, and it's a little bit of a challenging thing for the littles to do, and um, one little girl was holding the symbols, and she was tapping them, but it doesn't really make a nice sound, and one of the other girls so let me show you, like, let me show you. And she held the string and she, oh. she did it. And then she put it back down for her. She said, okay, try it again. Hold the string right here and right here. And, you know, she was really um, helping her to get the, the sound that she wanted the tincture bells to, to ring. So different things like that, just encouraging them to look for those opportunities when someone might need assistance with something, even something as little as that. That's so sweet. I love that story. <laughs> so Here, let me help you with those little tincture yeah. bells. <laughs> That's pretty cute. <laughs> you know, and yoga, if we think about the, you know, again, circling back to back around to this idea that yoga goes beyond the poses. If we think about um, just kind of the ethical practices, the ethical um uh, the, the the yamas and the niyamas which are the first couple of limbs of the eight limbed path of yoga uh the yamas and the niyamas the yamas are um kind of the the restraints and the niyamas you know are the things that you don't do and then the niyamas are what what you're supposed to do right so the with the with the yamas it's it's non-violence it's truthfulness it's non-stealing it's non-hoarding um you know all of these things with the niyamas it's it's contentment it's it's hard work um you know and all of these things and so um it, it really is and it's an entire lifestyle so i think that the practice of yoga works so well with all of these uh social emotional competencies uh and across the board yeah and it, and with the the yamas and the niyamas it's you know you, you those are things you can kind of weave in um either through conversations with your children or your students or through journal prompts 
um, you know, through stories, uh, you know, and, and, and books that have a theme that goes along with, um, with the, the yamas and niyamas, the non-hoarding one, I just remind, just popped into my head. Um, I have this book called uh, Too Many Carrots, and it's about a- I have that same book. I love yeah. that book. Yes. <laughs> so it's about this rabbit that hoards all these carrots and he hoards so many carrots he can't fit in his house. So then he got to go to his neighbor friend and, and, and he starts taking over his neighbor, you know, animal friend's house, like the beaver. And then he, he has so many carrots in the beaver's house, the, the beaver's house falls apart and starts floating down, you know, and it goes on and on and on. And in the end, he ends up sharing all the carrots with his friends and they make carrot cake and carrot soup and do all the, and, and they have a, have a whole carrot party and <laughs> a carrot party. <laughs> I love those carrot parties. <laughs> love myself some carrot cake. <laughs> love myself some carrot cake and a big carrot party. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny that ring that, that actually reminds me of like a, a kid's class that I taught recently where we did, uh, we did toga where we, we scattered the pom-poms around and then the kids would go and, you know, pick up the pom-poms with their toes and bring them to the mat. And then when we were done, we, you know, when the, when the song was done, I, I asked the kids to create a picture with their, with their pom-poms on their mat. And it was interesting. I told the kids at that point, because there were still pom-poms in the middle. They hadn't collected all of them. There's still some in the middle. And I said, if you need more, you know, you can go ahead and, and go in the middle and, and collect a few more. Well, in watching what they did, you know, I saw a couple of them go in there and just like, like shovel all of these pom-poms in their arms and like pulling them onto their mat. And I'm like, I want you to stop for a minute and I want you to look around. If you take all of these pom-poms, you know, is that going to be fair to your friends who only have a handful of them? You know, maybe so let's make sure we're not taking more than we need. You know, so there's, there's lots of ways to kind of, kind of weave this in <laughs> to our practices, but yeah, make sure you're not taking more than you need. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a perfect example of just a little way to sneak it in there. That's right. And, and, and remind them of these, of these tenants. So absolutely. absolutely. You know, another great conversation. I'm really enjoying talking about SEL. Uh, it's such, such an important topic and, yeah. you know, the way it lines up with, uh, with yoga is, is so beautiful. And so it's absolutely, it's absolutely. Great. Another great conversation. So thank you, Kelly. Great to see you as always. And, um, I look forward to our next conversation. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to subscribe and give us a written review to help us reach others and share all the benefits of kids yoga and mindfulness. If you want more information on all that Kidding Around Yoga has to offer, you can find us at kiddingaroundyoga.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Kidding Around Yoga. We will meet you back here next week for another fun conversation with Christy and Kelly.